Today's Unseminary podcast episode is brought to you by Regal Theater Church, the only theater company providing full-service consultation for churches wanting to create dynamic worship services in familiar, culturally relevant venues, the local movie theater, with lots of parking, spacious lobbies, plenty of bathrooms, and a perfect view of the screen from a comfortable seat. Regal Theaters are ideal for church plants and multi-sites. Learn more at regaltheaterchurch.com or call their incredible team at 1-800-792-8244 today. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. My name's Rich uh, and I am so glad that you've decided to take some time out uh, before we get into this weekend of ministry at your church to uh, to listen in to today's podcast. You're going to be rewarded for that. Uh, we've got Ryan Visconti from Generation Church. This is a fantastic church in Arizona that you're going to want to learn uh, more about it. Ryan, welcome to the show. Hey, Rich. Thank you. Thanks for having me on your show, man. It's yeah, a privilege I've been looking and forward honor. To this. This, is, this is going to be great. Why don't you kind of give us a bit of the Generation story? Give me a sense of, you know, kind of if people were to show up this weekend, what would they experience? Tell us a bit mm. of the story. Well, my dad became the pastor of our church back in 1999, and it was about 70 to 80 people wow. with, you know, a little, little tiny facility and a lot of elderly people in the East Valley of Phoenix where a lot of people come to retire. And uh, he just started doing really good stuff and doing a great job leading the church. And it started to grow and they, you know, they built some facilities and they started to really get some momentum. And after they kind of peaked out, I would say at about the 400 to 500 um, person mark in regular attendance, they kind of started a, a subtle, slow decline. Mm. And uh, I had left um, home to go into the army as an army officer and never was planning to be in ministry by any <laughs> stretch. And it, unbeknownst to me, I was actually in Iraq and I felt called into ministry and I was not super pumped about it at first, let me right. tell you. Um, but over time, you know, God worked on my heart and I knew this, what I was supposed to do. So huh. I started, I started, you know, just asking for advice from my dad and I, I don't know why I didn't think about it, but it was kind of a no brainer in hindsight, but he wanted me to come work with him and see if, you know, we could really do some things to turn the church around. And he was totally ready for that. It had started to decline, I would say slowly for the last four or five years. And mm. he was just willing and ready to make any changes necessary. So I came and started serving him as kind of like a right-hand man. Mm -hmm. um, and the church was maybe running about 300 people on Sunday at the time. And with his blessing, um, we just started, you know, chopping things apart and stopping certain ministries and kind of took a simple church approach to ministry mm -hmm. where... It was like we just focused pr primarily on the Sunday service experience, and that was our main focus. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think out of that, we started to see some turnaround and some growth. Then I was thinking about leaving to plant a church with my wife, but kind of unbeknownst to us, God just kind of set this whole thing in motion. We ended up relaunching the church that we were at there as Generation Church in January 2014. And me and my dad kind of co-pastored for about a year mm -hmm. to have a season of transition. Mm -hmm. And we did something really unique where for that first season, we were like, let's start out and have him teach in a service on Sunday and I'll teach in a service on Sunday. It's very unusual, mm. but it allowed us to keep everyone that was already there in the church. Mm -hmm. um, them having to lose anything necessarily if they already loved the pastor that was there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was able to teach in a service, same worship style, basically. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and, and our church started to grow out of that. <laughs> and as it grew, um, we added services. First, you know, we added a, another service for me to teach in. And then the following year, we added um, two other services, another traditional service and another PM service for me to teach in. Mm-hmm. So then we, we had five services going. And in just a couple years there, the church basically tripled in size and um, it's been going really well since then. That's amazing. And I think still, I was checking out your site, which is amazing, by the way, people should check Mm -hmm. it out. You guys have done a great job online. Um, You still do, you still have like a traditional uh, service and then Mm -hmm. a, and then whatever you'd call a normal service or whatever that looks like. That's still part of your deal. Yeah, it is. And we, we actually really like it and Mm -hmm. I feel even more committed to it as a strategy. The, the traditional service, you know, started as a way to maintain what we had, mm-hmm. and it's actually grown in this time over the last couple of years. It's mm-hmm. it's probably grown twenty five to thirty percent in just the last year. Wow! And um, so, you know, we're reaching people in that service. We've been able to move them to another facility on our campus, mm-hmm. so we have services going concurrently right now, mm-hmm. and it allows us to reach different generations of people. Like families will show up and split, mm-hmm. and some people will go over to our traditional service. Some people will come into our our main service and they'll take kids and they'll have, you'll have three, four generations of people at church. It's pretty cool. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Well, there's a lot there. Uh, you know, I, there's a, a lot of, there's so much packed into your story. I'm like, gosh, where do we start? Uh, but why don't we talk a little bit about, you know, some of the changes, you know, even just the name generation church, you went through a rebranding process. You changed mm-hmm. the name. What, what was that process look like? Why did you end up with generation? Um, you know, what was your, what were some of your learnings through that? Yeah, it's funny because that was that was my dad's idea, and I was like, you know, I think it was a cool name, you know, and I don't think church names are the most important thing in the world, mm-hmm. um, but the, ch- the church that existed previously had a reputation somewhat in the community, mm-hmm. um, not really bad necessarily, mm-hmm. but I felt like rebranding was going to not only give us a chance to start new, but also um, just kind of get some buzz going mm-hmm. and kind of just quickly get back on track. And, you know, that was a huge part of our strategy was social media, branding, and and we're not the best at it by any means. We did it with very little resources to start out Mm -hmm. and just kind of tapped into like the natural abilities of the younger generation to try to make some things look more up to date. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that is one of the the least talked about um, aspects of church growth strategy Mm. for like the medium sized church. It was we started creating the perception that we were a excite an exciting mm-hmm. growing church mm-hmm. and that it was dynamic honestly even before it was happening i mm. think <laughs> via social media and pictures and i would feel like we were still in the middle of just struggles and stuff but i'd have friends coming up to me from around the valley here and just like man it looks like amazing things are happening at your church and it would just give me a little bit of a sense of how powerful mm, that's interesting that is you know what you share and what you talk about online no absolutely I, yeah i have a, a good friend of mine is church planning right now and so that's been a fun process to kind of be back you know listening to him and 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 he s- says the same thing it's interesting the way he speaks about social media it's like when if you were planning a church 20 years ago you'd say well we got to have a kids ministry we got to do that yeah. Um, yeah. You, you can't not have a well defined you know kind of social media presence what were some of the things you learned in that you know that has kind of worked well in reaching mm. out using that to kind of impact your community well we learned first just by trial and error mm-hmm. and i've since then learned a lot of the things that we did wrong <laughs> <laughs> well, well you gotta but, share the wealth man sure yeah the wealth. <laughs> man so the, i mean the first thing we did was just uh you know creating a new website and a lot of people this is like no duh but there's a lot of great free website platforms or very cheap 
platforms out there today, yet you'll still see some people that just have honestly embarrassing websites. And that is the front door to your church. That to me, your website is like your first line of your welcome team. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, then online on social media, just trying to share wins and stories that revolve around people Mm -hmm. and life change. And every little thing does matter is something, which I would say to our staff a lot along the way. It's like, Every little perception, the color of the building, your decorating in the building, what you post on social media, how you talk, how you communicate, it all creates an image. Mm-hmm. And I just like to say that it's kind of like little pixels of a greater image. Mm-hmm. And there's thousands of little perception points which all add up. And, and so when people are looking for a new church or they wake up one day and they feel like something's missing in their life and they start looking around and Googling churches – you know, you just want them to land on your stuff and, you know, feel welcomed and like it's a good something worth checking out. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Well, in the, um, you know, the handover in the relationship with your dad, there must there must be a few rela- there must be a few tips in there that you could uh, talk through, yeah. you know, because that that, you know, I know a lot of churches are facing, you know, a succession. The fact that you ended mm-hmm. up doing that transition with your dad is an interesting piece of the equation. But what, what did you learn even just in that succession that worked well? It sounded like the, the dual service thing. That was good. Uh, other pieces? Yeah. I mean, the succession is a hot topic, I mm-hmm. think, with pastors right now. Mm-hmm. And with my dad, I learned some really valuable lessons. And then now I'm going through it again with my father-in-law as mm. his church in Phoenix is merging with us. Oh, We're actually um, voting on that this Sunday for them to become our second campus. And Very it's cool. really exciting, but it's another element of the same succession mm-hmm. dynamic. So, you know, one of the things I found is that these older, you know, pastors who are in place, maybe in their late fifties or sixties who are starting to think about moving on, you know, they're, they're hitting that point where they're thinking about moving on, but they don't feel ready to let go. Mm-hmm. And they've got a lot of energy and, and passion a lot of times left. Mm-hmm. And a, another common issue is they can't afford to stop working because right. so many of them were underpaid for such a high, uh, for a lo- large part of their career. But what we kind of did, I think, is something that a lot of churches could tap into mm-hmm. where, you know, you can keep somebody on staff and uh, keep them involved Uh, with ministry and yet pass the baton to the next generation Mm -hmm. and allow them to really start driving the vision. And along the way, you know, I would push really hard and my dad would occasionally pull on the reins and just say like, let's slow down a little on that. Mm -hmm. And, and looking back, you know, that was really good. That was valuable. I think Mm -hmm. to have a, a person driving the vision and another person with some wisdom and experience you know, just maybe cautioning along the way Mm -hmm. that created a really potent dynamic there. Mm -hmm. So he was willing to push and, and let things change, which is something that not a lot of churches are willing to do. Not a lot of pastors are willing to step back from the lead role Mm -hmm. and let somebody else lead when, you know, you could say they're kind of in the prime of their, their career still. Mm -hmm. But that's one of the things that my dad did that I think just was such a win was he stepped back. He said, it's not about me. Mm. I remember him saying, you know, I don't want to go to my grave and have it said that I was afraid to take a risk. Mm. Um, mm. And he just wanted to see more people come into the kingdom. Mm. And he felt like, you know, he could see some of his dreams fulfilled through, you know, the next person who happened to be his son. Mm. Um, but it applies to anyone. And he was just, he was willing to go. So we had a lot of uni- unanimity on our, our philosophy and our strategy. And I would say that if it was not like sinful, he was willing to give it a shot. (laughs) So, you know, he was willing to really let, let me do stuff and push. And 
Um, we know how sensitive it can be in, in churches when people start making changes and stuff, but mm-hmm. it was really cool. Hmm, interesting. Now, I know in a in a high-growth situation like that, there is always a stretch on resources. Um, or are you the exception to the church where you just had like so much money you didn't know what to do with, so many people, you know, you just were like, we got volunteers coming out the wazoo, we don't know what to do with oh, them. <laughs> how you know, how have you dealt with those pressures, the kind of pressures of growth dealing with, you know, we need more people, we're, we need yeah. more resources. What are some of the lessons you've learned in that process man we definitely did not have a lot of resources and i think that's you know because we were we were kind of on the decline mm-hmm. and then when we started growing quickly some some of those years we were growing at 45 50 percent per year and i learned that it was pretty common with growth like that to have your income um, from giving be about a year behind and that's what i found consistently that mm-hmm. our giving has been reflecting last year's average attendance so right. Uh, on the at the beginning of the process, it was really tough, um, and we were kind of on the front end of that that curve where um, you know it, everything we did was a stretch, and there were many months where we were uh, coming out in the red, you know, and it was kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot that you can do uh, for affordably. I think there's a lot of free resources, and one of the things I would tell pastors in that situation who are trying to turn something around but they don't have a lot of resources is simple is better than complex when you don't have a lot of resources. Sure. So, you know, go for the the more simple stage design, go for the more simple branding package, keep it clean, which allows you to usually keep it cheap. <laughs> and yes. then, uh, you know, and, and we, we tried to capitalize on what we were strong at and we didn't really apologize for the fact that we didn't offer every, you know, auxiliary ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just kind of started with the beginning, with the basics. And then as we grew, we kind of hit this tempi- tipping point recently where we started to have some more resources. But there were those points where we had to hire yep. as a kind of a step of faith yeah. and just kind of trust that we were making the right choice and trust that God would bring in the resources. Yeah, why don't we talk a little bit about that? I know, because uh, I've been there where it's mm-hmm. like the, the phrase I've used before is the like, we're buying clothes that are a little too big. We got mm-hmm. to fit, yep. you know, fit into these clothes. It looks a little silly at the beginning, but we got to grow to make mm-hmm. it happen. How did that balance out the kind of faith and then the pragmatic mm-hmm. side of all of that to take some of those financial risks, hiring staff, which is a different kind of risk because if it doesn't mm-hmm. work, you're going to end up letting somebody go, and that's not great. Right. Um, so yeah, yeah. what was going through your mind in that? I think it, the key is to, if you're taking a step of faith like that, you'd want to make sure that you're already on the upswing mm-hmm. and that you're already, you've already got some signs of life and momentum yeah. um, going there, or else it could be a little too risky. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we definitely had a few months where um, it was tight, and honestly, the first person was uh, my dad who said, you know, I'll take a pay cut mm-hmm. if we can't uh, make ends meet, and he did some months, wow. you know, he was willing to do that, and I, I've seen that um, with several leaders in ministry, but mm-hmm. I think there's a few key areas, of course, with, you know, preaching, worship, kids ministry, um, where you just have to be solid, mm-hmm. and, you know, you just, if you have to hire someone to, to strengthen up one of those areas, um, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. I think it's worth a step of faith, and you can't do everything at once, of course. But I would prioritize that. Um, it it just seems like worth investing in those areas. Very cool. Very cool. Was well, there anything else you want to share before we move on with the rest of the episode? Yeah, I think you know, growing in this role as a young lead pastor, mm-hmm. I was 
30 when I took over uh, as the lead pastor, mm-hmm. and I'm 32 now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and one of the principles I learned, um, I think, going back to when I was a second lieutenant in the army, was you know, if you're in charge, be in charge. And I meet a lot of leaders, I think, who are waiting for permission to do mm-hmm. what they know they need mm-hmm. to do. True. And I and I just have learned this, and I share it with with my friends. Just do what do what you know you need to do. God's already given you permission mm-hmm. to make the changes that you need to make. Um, it's not easy, but that's why you're in that role mm-hmm. <laughs> is to make those hard decisions. Mm-hmm. Whether it's letting someone go or making a big change, um, don't be afraid to make changes. And people are more willing uh, to make changes than we think they are if mm-hmm. you'll just give them a little bit of vision and why. Mm-hmm. behind the change. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Well, we're going to jump into the lightning round, that part of the episode where we ask similar questions of everybody that's on the episode. Super excited to have uh, Pastor Ryan Visconti today from Generation Church in Arizona. A great church that you really should be following and, and checking out. Um, Ryan, what's an online resource that you're using these days that's that's helping you out? Something I just started using with our staff is... Uh, a program called Grammarly. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> and, uh, you install it on your computer and it helps people with uh, of not just spell check, but also like grammar. And if you start overusing one word too often in your written communication. So we've all, I'm, I'm having people install that and, and use it because we've got different degrees of uh, ability when it comes to written communication there. So that's fun. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> What's a book you've read in the last, I don't know, maybe six months to a year that's impacted your shaping, impact your thinking or ministry? Uh, right now I'm reading Money Matters by Steve Stroop for mm. uh, churches and mm. he has some just great stuff on capital campaigns and money management for lead pastors and he talks about the fact that you know you go through seminary but you don't usually get taught how to manage money especially in a large growing church so Mm -hmm. he i just learned that he steve stroop out of texas he is a yoda of finance you know it's amazing so that's been a huge win for me yeah we we did some coaching with steve for a while um and he's totally a yoda he's totally yeah (laughs) he's a great uh, a great guy for sure. What's another ministry that you're looking at that inspires you? I look at Elevation yep. uh, a lot. And um, of course, I love, you know, Pastor Stevens preaching and everything. But I, I really was blown away when I saw how they flow with their service. And just it's like maximum impact in the amount of time that they have you there. And it's a different type of model, I think, than kind of like how, let's say, Andy Stanley does church. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to each his own. But mm-hmm. it really resonated with me, like kind of the maximum impact that they make. And I come from like a spirit-filled uh, background of right. church. So they do that. Um, and it looks a little different in our context, but mm-hmm. uh, I just kind of love that they capture that dynamic. Um, but and it's a way that's accessible to everybody. So I love those guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the Pastor Steven and his team is incredible. Um, if you could get 15 minutes with any leader alive... This is a hard question. Who would you want to get that with and why? You know, I think I'd like to sit down with Craig Rochelle at this point. You know, he is just like the most humble guy, it seems. And he has cracked so many um, issues that I'm facing right now. So I've been kind of drinking in his leadership podcast. I was a little late to the game. Mm. I'm a late adapter, I've realized. So (laughs) I'm usually discovering things about a year after everybody else at, at best. So. Uh, you know him we're trying to figure out this multi-site thing right now and i know a lot of people are doing great at it so he just seems to have learned a lot of great lessons about 
um, managing time and, and taking care of your family and mm-hmm. taking care of yourself and your own walk with God that mm-hmm. I'm trying to apply to my life. Very cool. Well, I know leading a church like yours is is a lot of work. It's a lot of you know, it's a lot of effort, and it can take a lot out of you. But what do you do for fun when you just want to kind of kick back, relax, enjoy uh, enjoy life a little bit? You know, Netflix and chill, man. It's just <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, we, you know, me and my wife love spend time together. I go and golf some. Oh, uh, nice. uh, just try to read and take my mind off of ministry. I think anything that lets you zone out and not think about the church for a little while is, is healthy. Great. Uh, So good. Well, Ryan, I really appreciate you being on the show today. If people want to get in touch with you or with the church, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, I'm on social media at Ryan Visconti Mm -hmm. and, uh, online, you know, generation.church they can find our website um, but if they look for me you know through that website they'll find me my email my social media contact information great thanks so much uh, pastor ryan i appreciate you being on the show thanks uh, have a great week thanks rich i appreciate it thank you for tuning in to this week's unseminary podcast don't be shy we'd love to connect check out unseminary inbox you can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week plus you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use connect with rich on twitter at rich birch or through email rich at unseminary.com don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com it includes links to what we talked about today and more leave a comment we'd love to hear from you did you enjoy today's episode drop by itunes and leave a review thanks again for tuning in to this week's unseminary podcast join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary